And now we will get to the message for today. And the, the, the message series, Heaven Is For You. Heaven is for you. We've talked about what, what heaven might look like. We've talked about those who have died and what it is for mourning. But, but as we look at this, heaven is for you. And now as we, we start today, I, I first of all want to stop and just take a moment to give you space to think about those who have died that are in heaven now, that you are looking forward to seeing. I don't know if we've done that. And, and I know from our grief share, grief share is, is a, a group that we have that started with two people who are, are grieving the loss of, of individuals who are close to them. And that group of two is now 15. That when we did surviving the holidays, uh, it was just a one-day event that we had four new families sign up from the community because they're grieving and they're hurting uh, over those that, that have gone uh, ahead of us. And so I think today of the funerals that I've done just this year. I think of Holly Bergeron, uh, those of you who, who knew her, who she has been at Crosswalk longer than I have, and uh, just what a blessing she was. For those of you who knew Debbie Krause, uh, she used to sit right there, and she always brought Starbucks and never brought me any, and I let her know about it every week. And uh, now being at home with the Lord, and Karen Johnson, and Chris Owens, I, I mean, I'm just, these, and I know there's more, and I, I don't mean to say na certain names and not others, but those are ones where, that were involved with the the funeral that we're involved with, that I was personally involved with. And, and as we look at the message for today, it's this recognition, heaven is for you, that there's a reality. And, and that reality is one day you are going to die. And depending on if you're around here for a while, I'm the one who has to say something when you die. So um, that I, I think about this, what do you want me to say? And as I look around this room, some of you will be harder than others uh, to come, I'm just kidding, the, uh, with, uh, <laughs> just kidding. But when you think about it, it, it is, the question though is, as we think about this, heaven is for you. What I've told people is doing a funeral sermon is the easiest thing there is to do. And the reason why is you spend your whole life writing it. And all the rest of us have to do is watch. Your life is your funeral sermon. And, and so when, when someone does die, when they pass on, when, when they are taken out of this world, that there's an opportunity to speak, and, and part of it is the, the, the words and promises of God, and then another part of it is we have eulogies where we talk about the person. And so today as we look at this, and as you think about what it is that you want said, what you want me to say about you, 
That's what this message is about. And, and I want you to have confidence as you face this. So where we start is we're going to be in Revelation 21. And so the question is, is heaven for me? And where we start is, is Revelation 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. Now, in the book of Revelation, this saying that the the old world had passed away, it was new, and the sea was gone, part of it, and I don't need to get into it, but the sea being gone was important because it says that the beast representing Satan came up out of the sea. And and what this is saying, there was no more sea? Yeah, gone. Satan gone. Not coming up anymore. Gone. So so that's going to be part of of the, the new heaven and the new earth. The second part of this is when it says, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Do you know what a euphemism is? It's a way of saying something harsh in, in words that aren't so harsh so they don't make you feel that bad. Passed away is one that we use as a euphemism all the time. I don't call and say, uh, great-grandma died. I say, great-grandma passed away. And that's a way that, that we look at this and we, we say, you know, this is, it's another way of saying it that maybe doesn't hurt so much. And what this verse is saying is, the earth as we know it is dying. In the blank, you can write that. The earth as we know it is dying. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but I know you feel that way. Jesus, when he said the words, there will be wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes, that that, do you look at the news? Do you you look at the world in, in which you live? And do you understand that it's broken? It's broken beyond repair. And so a lot of times what happens is when individuals come to me and they talk about the pain of the world and the brokenness of it and they want me to fix it, it's not getting fixed. The world is in hospice. It's not going to be healed. It's not going to get better. It's terminal and it is dying. And so am I. One day closer one day closer than the previous day, and and it might not be hospice yet for me, but it's this reality that each day brings us closer to the end. And so the the reason why I even included that thought here is this, is sometimes when we have a party at our house, I say something like, you don't have to go home, you just can't stay here anymore. You, You need to go, because party's over, House is closing up. And, and with the earth to understand, you can't stay here anymore because it's dying. And one day, it is going to pass away and be gone. He goes on. Verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Again, I'm going to read it. 
I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Now, these words, is this talking about heaven? Trick question. And and the reason why is the holy city, the new Jerusalem, is you. It's, It's not a place it, what he's seen is, is not the what, the what it's going to look like, but the holy city, the new Jerusalem that is prepared as a bride is you. And so look at the next verse just to help you and it, because it talks using the same language. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And in case you don't know that, it's referring to baptism. Cleansing you, washing you with the washing with water through the word. So you remember your baptism every day. You put to death the the sinful nature. The new man rises up. So again, the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You see how this is talking about you, and it's the the same way, the same words that it's talking about the new Jerusalem. Maybe the closest words that we have, again, to help you get your your arms around this a little bit more, is this. When I talk to you about a church, that I am going to church, if I use that word, some of you might think of a building. And you, you think of a specific kind of building. You think of an architecture. You think of a, a place that has a steeple, a bell in it, maybe a cross on the top, and you go, that is the church. That, I'm going to church. So is this a church? Is where you are watching online at home, is that a church? And, it, and it's this reality. We, we, uh, a song, when we built a building at a previous church, The kids sang it. The church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church is not a resting place. The church is a people. And when we come together, there's laughing and there's praying. There's laughing and there's crying sometimes, all of it saying, I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. All of God's people all around the world, we are the church together. And in the same way, if you understand that concept, that the church is all those who believe in Jesus as their Savior, heaven and the new Jerusalem is that same church now taken. We've been called out of this world from darkness into the light of God when we are taken out of this world to be with the Lord, you are the new Jerusalem. When we are together with God, washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, we are the church in glory with God in heaven. In the blank, you can write, is heaven for me? Yes, absolutely, yes. And the reason why is Jesus perfectly prepared me for heaven by giving his life for mine. Jesus perfectly prepared me for heaven by giving his life for mine. 
And so maybe you've heard this question before, maybe not, but it, it's, it's a valuable one to ask. And, and that is this, if, if you were to stand at the gate of heaven today and God were to ask, why should I let you in? What would you say? Please, please, please don't go to your eulogy. Don't go to the nice words that were written about you. So as I stand before heaven, why should I let you in? Because I was the pastor of Crosswalk. Because I have tried to to treat people uh, the way I've wanted to be treated. I've tried to be a servant to people. Because I gave money to feed a family every year uh, that we had it. No. No, 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 no. What did, what did these words say? A bride beautifully dressed for her husband that God has prepared. Jesus and his perfect life, Jesus and the life he's lived for you, that is the beautiful dress as a bride of Christ that you will wear. Why will God let me in? Because Jesus has taken my sin away. Standing before God, that is my only plea and the only one that I and you need We stand before God perfectly prepared for heaven. He goes on, Revelation 21, talking about heaven. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Here are the words we love. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's do the filling for this one first. Is heaven for me? Yes, heaven is for you. On earth, we had Emmanuel, which is God with us. But in heaven, it will be something new, which is us with God. Remember what we said at the beginning. The earth as we know it is dying. The the earth as we know it is broken, and it is falling apart. And in the midst of that, and in the midst of the brokenness that's not only this world, but is each and every one of us, God is with us through it. No matter what you are doing, no matter what the pain is, no matter how sin has affected you and the consequences of it from all of the past, I I don't mean in any way to diminish the pain of it, the hurt of it, the brokenness, the longing you have to be away from it. And... God is with you in it. But when God does something new, the new that's being talked about is when we go out of this world and and the dying and the death and and letting the earth die and God coming then and and destroying it with fire, that, that it's this thing that finally, after it dies, that in the same way we will have a new body without the effects of sin, there will also be a place for us to go without the effects of sin. And that is where we will go, to be with God. 
And a part of that might be scary to us because it's, it's a world that we don't know. It's a world that we have a hard time, a world without sin, a world without pain, a, a, a world without heartache. When you look at how much of your day is taken up by those things, it's like that's what life is. Life is pain. And it's just going from one problem to another most of the time. And that's when God says, I'm with you through that. But when we get to his place, that's when the sin will be gone. Not only out of us, but also the effects of of the world in which we live. No more crying. No more hurt. It's even hard to fathom those things. Maybe one other illustration I'll just use is this, is that the difference between, oh man, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've broken down on I-10. You, you never want to do that, right? You, you know what that's like. When you see that person, you're like, oh man, stinks to be you. And, and, and all that you can do in that moment is get a toe <laughs> and, and try to stay alive. That, that's it, right? And so that's the expectation that you set. But then what happens is the toe takes you to, hopefully, a place that you trust with the mechanic that you trust, who when he gets done with it or she gets done with it, it is, it's like new. It's fixed. And now it runs properly. And this world is broken down on the side of I-10. That God comes in, he comes in and there's a toe yeah, that, he, that he's there for us and he's going to help us in, in those moments. But heaven is going to be when we finally get to the shop, when the work is done on it and you get it back and it's like new and you say, thank you, Lord. Heaven will be something new, us with God. The next words, he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. For those who are victorious, they will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. In, in this section, I hope you see, the, the, first of all, that God declaring his own praises, and, and simply by establishing who it is, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is from eternity to eternity. All power rests in him. And the greatest of that power is seen in his love and demonstrated in the cross of Jesus Christ. And so as he's saying this, he's saying it for your benefit. And and so that you look at this and you say, how can I be sure of these things? Because God not only said them, but he also said, write them down. Write them down as a guarantee, as a contract for these people to look at as they're going through this broken world and and to see what is going to come. And and you stand at the gate of heaven and, and God says, why should I let you in? You say, I have the contract. I have my contract right here. And, and as I look at the big print and the fine print, it says the same thing. It's through your promises that I can be here. It's through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ that I can be here. And so these words, when he says, notice, to the thirsty I will give water without cost. So if you're worried about whether you will be able to afford it, God says, don't worry about it. Put your wallet away. Uh, Put your credit cards away. 
This is on me. And then a little bit later, notice, without cost, and then a little bit later, they will inherit all this. And by definition, that's what an inheritance is. Inheritance is wealth that is earned by someone else that is gifted to you. And so as you, you think about that idea of an inheritance and, and receiving it, that you, you look forward to it. And it's something you receive, though, not after God dies, but after you do, and you go to be with him in heaven. So in the blank, you can write, is heaven for me? Yes, absolutely. It is the gift that I receive as my inheritance. It is a gift that I receive as my inheritance as a child of God. It's a gift that I receive as my inheritance from God. These next words are the words when when we say, is heaven for me? That might cause people to say, maybe, or I don't know. And, And this is what it says. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers and sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And so as we look at this, we've been talking about the reality of heaven, and now at the same time, he's saying there's also a reality of hell. And, And what's interesting about this section is when you look at the the movement from how sin goes, continues. It starts with cowardice and unbelief, and then, and then it goes, continues to get worse. The vile, the murderers, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. So, so in essence, it's saying this is kind of what it starts, but you give it enough time, and this is where it's going to end up. I'm going to do the fill-in first, and then we can talk about a little bit more. When people don't go to heaven, when people don't go to heaven, God is not happy. That's probably the misconception most that people have, is that God's happy when people go to hell. Good. They get what they deserve. And maybe that's because we feel that way sometimes when we tell people to go to hell, right? That, That you look at and you say, you tick me off enough, boom, that's where I want you to be. God's like, no. No one is sent to hell that way. That God is not happy and it is not his choice. It is not his choice that they go to hell. C.S. Lewis, uh, who lived, I don't know, maybe 80 years ago or whatever it is, had a very interesting take on this. And what he said was, the door to hell is locked From the inside. Wow. The door to hell is locked from the inside. So what it's saying is, is not that God doesn't want to let them out. They don't want to let God in. And I want you to think about that reality. As we, we've gone through this a little bit, beginning to live in a post-Christian United States. And I want you to think about 
how this, the evolution over the last 70 years or so has been one after another of places that our society and our culture has locked God out of. God can no longer be in schools. And why is that? The door to the schools is locked from the inside. No, you're, you're not allowed in here. That, that when you go and you say, I want to try to get in there, it's no, that, that door is locked. When, when you think of it even in our government, and, and as we look at this of, of having Christian morals, values, stuff like that, the door to that is locked from the inside. No, you can't bring that here anymore. No, there, there's that separation here. That, think about that for a moment. The door to hell is locked from the inside. And then what happens is when you're on the inside of this, where you have locked God out of, and, and you stay in sin, and maybe you've experienced this, that when you have a sin that is not addressed for a period of time, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until maybe you've even described your life as a living hell. That's what this is talking about. Just in my lifetime, the world wears me out. People wear me out. And, and so you get to a point, the older I get, I'm just telling you that, that you get to a certain point where when I was young, it was always, I don't want to die until I do this and this and this and so many things to live for. And then there comes a point in your life where you're saying, Lord, whenever you want to take me out of this, I'm in. I am in. You can, you can take me. Instead of you being with me here now, I'm ready to go to be with you. But if that's not you, what you want, we'll keep knocking on doors. We'll, we'll keep making the offer of the free drink and the inheritance that you give in heaven. And so when you, the, the purpose of this, as we, now don't think about others. I want you to think about you. Is God being locked out from the inside? Or is that door open? Is that, that invitation of the Lord uh, to come to the thirsty, to, to receive the inheritance? Is it one that you are receiving as you confess the sin, go to the waters of baptism, not your perfection but Christ, but confessing that sin and going to him for forgiveness? The words that I'd like to end with are the words of Jesus. Is heaven for me? Yeah, it's for you. It's been paid for by Jesus Christ, and this is what he says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, don't, don't worry about this, because it's, it's been paid for by him. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so... Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be, that you also may be where I am. In this life, Emmanuel, God with us. After this life, heaven, us with God. Let's pray.
Dear Lord God, we thank you for all the wonderful promises that we have in Jesus Christ. Help every individual hearing this message online, in person, whenever they hear it, to know that heaven truly is for them. It's for me that each person can say that. And now, Lord, uh, we live in a sick and dying world. (laughs) We live in sick and dying bodies as well. But Lord, we know you bring healing. And so help us to live every day uh, looking forward, looking forward to the day when we will finally be with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, as I said before, this is the end of the message series. So we start a new one. Uh, It's kind of a a Christmas one called the promised one. Uh, We will be starting that next week. And so uh, look forward to seeing you then. And finally, as you go today, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.